niching down allows you to do less in business. I was just on the phone with a friend who owns a law firm. He wanted to add personal injury cases in addition to the patent service that he's currently offering and asked me about marketing since he knows I set up marketing systems. Now, although both are in the field of law, those are two different audiences with two different problems that they need help with and two different messages. So it's really two completely different businesses. And instead of just niching down and focusing on one audience and one message, now he wants to expand and focus on multiples. And that is actually going to do more in your business, not less. So I asked him, who is his target audience? He replied, everyone. Now, I know that it can feel like your product or service is something that everyone needs, but that's just not true. Say you're a photographer. Everyone should want pictures, right? But who are the people who will actually want to buy professional pictures versus someone who wants to just take pictures on their phone? And who are the people who's going to have the money to afford your services versus the ones that don't see the value in paying for professional photos in the first place? This is how you start to niche down and really get clear on who your ideal client is. But I was there too, so I really get it. Niching down is scary. I know that you've been in this situation too. It's the fear of excluding someone and missing out on money. I am Shanice Miller, and welcome to my podcast, Do Less. Yes, that's right, Do Less. It used to be cool to work 60 hours a week, but the world has gotten smarter and realized why spend more time to make the same or less money. I help small business owners build systems and processes to help them scale and find more time for themselves and their families. I'm going to provide you the best practices and all the tools and tips to scale your business. Welcome to my show. Today, I'm bringing Marla Austin on the show to share her experience on how she was afraid to niche down in business. Marla is a bridal and special event hair and makeup artist with 30 years of experience in the beauty industry. She has run multiple businesses over the years, both while working a full-time job and now as an ex-corporate girl. And that's why I wanted her to share her journey with you. So I'm so glad that you're on the show, Marla. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So when were you first afraid to niche down? Like, why is that your big problem now? I think it's been my big problem for quite a while. When I was, I have a photography business, which has now kind of gone part-time, more side gig as my beauty side is really taken off. And it really started then with niching down even in the photography side of things, because, you know, you want to go and you want to take all of the business out there. But realistically, that leaves you with not being able to specialize in a certain area and be able to really speak to that group of people in your marketing. So that was where it kind of started. And then when my beauty side took off, so now I've got photography, I do hair and makeup like you said, for brides and special events. I have a makeup line. I do spray tanning. So I have a lot of different avenues. I I don't know about this. (laughs) A whole lot of stuff going on. Yes, Um, itching down (laughs) is definitely the problem because I'm hearing about four or five different businesses, different audiences, different (laughs) messaging. Yes, and it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to figure out which one I really need to be speaking to. So 
So what makes with, it so hard to figure out which one you need to be speaking to? Because I want to speak to all of them because all of them are like very near and dear to me. And like, for instance, in the beauty industry, I really am more of a, not that I don't do glam, but I'm more of a natural glam in my makeup style, in my signature style. So it was hard for me to decide, okay, do I speak to all people who need makeup or just my, my signature style? Like here in Nebraska, it is, it's more from what I've seen, more natural glam. Whereas, you know, I follow people on Instagram and other platforms that like in the Northeast, it's very glam for weddings. So I really think that if I finding which one I should be speaking to has been difficult. Now I've kind of been narrowing it more down to, I need to just speak to my people. <laughs> and what are, um, who are your people? That is my people. My, the natural glam group of brides. They're the ones that usually are the ones that are contacting me, which probably is because that's what I show. Okay. Obviously what I show online is the people that are mostly contacting me. You know, I don't show high glam on there. I show more natural glam, but it has, it had been a struggle with that piece of it. And because I, I am looking by the end of the year to transition into more coaching of new artists coming up, I, I would love to do a, like a course on mar- uh, makeup certification for new artists. What makes you want to transition into coaching? Um, I really like teaching people. I really, I'm very much like a hype girl. <laughs> I, I like to cheerlead people on in their new businesses. And because makeup has just been, and, and the beauty industry has just been so good to me over the years, I just feel like helping new people starting out as makeup artists get the the knowledge behind them of it's not only about doing the makeup you've got to know the business side of it yes you need to know your makeup and you need to know your color theory you need to know all these things or you should know all those things (laughs) before you're doing makeup but it's also pricing it's also how do you get business it's also you know how do you market yourself online all of these things to me as a new artist I wish I would have had 30, I mean, obviously the internet wasn't around 30 years ago, but (laughs) I'm a little old, but that's okay. It's never too, it is never too late to pivot um, in your life. I've done it a couple of times now. So, but you, let's go back a little bit. You're saying that you wish you had it 30 years ago. What was out there for you to learn about business that's stemming? Nothing. I mean, I, when I went to cosmetology school, we had like maybe two weeks of business of the business side of things. So for, for women or people who wanted to do their own thing, I mean, freelance makeup artists back then was not really, it was kind of a thing, but it was more celebrity thing, right? Like it wasn't the thought process in school was you're going to go, you're going to work in a salon and that's how you're going to, that's what you're going to do. So I didn't really know anybody locally that I could have learned from or anything because it wasn't a thing bridal um, makeup artist traveling to the bride not a thing I I went to school in the northeast so it wasn't a thing even then so how did it feel 
when you're going there, you're trying to figure out you're out of cosmetology school. Now you're deciding that you want to kind of do your own thing and not just work in the salon. How did that feel to be in that position, not having that background, that training? Not having the business training? Correct. So I think I'm I'm very thankful that um, I do have a business degree also. So I did go to college um, after beauty school took me quite a few years because life got mixed in there. But I um, do have a business degree as well. And I've always known that I wanted to work for myself. Why? I knew that that was a thing. It was, I don't know how to explain it. I don't like to have to ask for people, ask people to take time off. That like Mm. bothers me so much. That's probably like my biggest my biggest piece of my why is I don't want to have to ask anybody for time off. If I want to take time off, if I want to take a month off, I want to take a month off. And I wish I would have, I wish I would have been more steadfast on that piece of me while my, I was a single mom for a little bit, but while my son was younger, but there was just things, you know, life, life just happens. And raising a child, you're like, I can't start a business right now because you know, business does, it's not overnight that it'll happen. So it was really hard, but I did try out multi-level marketing pieces, which still wasn't quite where I felt like I needed to be. My photography business, that one, I feel like really, really gave me more business experience as far as I took business courses through the photography side of things followed more business people. And the more I got out there and thankful for internet and classes and conferences that I would go to, to learn the photography side of things and the photography side of business really and truly helped me when I flipped over transitioning into just the beauty side of things. Cause I kind of had an idea of what I needed to do and what worked and what wouldn't work. Cause I tried, I kind of tested it <laughs> in the photography side before I went over into the makeup side. So, so you talked about seeing a single mom, getting out of cosmetology school, having to go through business school. How was it not being able, having to ask someone else if you could take time off to spend with your son? It's heartbreaking. It really is. For me, it was heartbreaking because I knew that kids grew up so fast and he did grew up so fast. And when he had things that, you know, was, were going on and, you know, I had a full-time job and it was really hard for me if to even have to ask just because I was like, this is my son stuff for whatever reason, or you know what, today, I just need a mental health day. I just need a day to kind of do nothing while my son's in school for me. And, you know, it, it was really, really hard for me, especially if there was a day, which wasn't, wasn't terribly often, but there were times when they would say, I'm sorry, you can't have that day off for whatever reason. Wow. Um, that's hard holidays. It is. It's hot. It is heartbreaking. The day after Thanksgiving was always a big thing with my family. Um, Thanksgiving and the day after Thanksgiving and I worked in the mortgage industry and you couldn't always take that day off because you had to share with all the other people in the in the organization to be able to take that day off or Christmas like those two times of the year in my family were very big so 
having to ask people for off around the holidays was really the hardest part for me. Wow. So now it's nice that I can say, you know what, I'm taking these two weeks off at Christmas. I'm taking these this week off at, at, at Thanksgiving. And that's just that. So <laughs> it is nicer. It is nicer. Unfortunately, my son is now 25 and living in another state. <laughs> so now I don't get to see him as much anyway, but it's all good. <laughs> okay. So now you're in this place where you're trying to niche down, but you are multi-passionate. You have so many... Yes. You word. have so many That's different good. loves. <laughs> I do. I do. So um, what is that big problem with really honing in? Cause I mean, I would assume it's the beauty space with how much you've been talking about it and your love for it. And I can see how a spray tan could jump in quickly with the beauty space. Like as you're doing their makeup, you're doing their spray tan and that looks really nice for the pictures. Why even get into photography? So the photography, and like I said, that's kind of moved to a the more I have worked on honing in and worked on deciding what it is, where I'm going to go and put most of my efforts, the photography, as much as I do love photography, it really is going to take a step aside for everything else. Just because I feel like everything else kind of, like you said, can fit together, you know, the makeup line and, and the makeup certification class and Oh, that's a new one. The, the which one? <laughs> the makeup certification class. <laughs> I didn't so know that's the one I was, yeah, that's the one I'm trying to start in the fall, okay. um, that course. So there's a lot. And I think right now my, my back and forth is, do I speak to like business to business, makeup artists, hairstylists? Do I speak to those, that group of people, or do I speak to brides? and special event people like which one do I speak to so that's now I, I've leveled it or limited it down to those two so now it's really you know when you're coming up with business marketing plans and and all you know if you want to do a course if you want to do you know what kind of email marketing you want to do all of that is trying to figure out what group of people I'm talking to mm -hmm. and so it has been in the last few weeks, especially because I've been in another course with Amy Porterfield. And it is really trying to hone that in. Um, it's just been a difficult journey because my, my brain goes both ways. It can go both ways. So, you know, who do I speak to on my Instagram beauty page? Do I speak to new artists or do I speak to, you know, my brides? Do I speak to both? I don't know. <laughs> so... <laughs> One of the tips that I always try to talk to a lot of my clients about when they're having this problem with niching down, even with their service offers, offerings, I always like to do this, this task with them where it's, we're going through, we're listing the service offerings and we're writing down how much time we're spending on marketing for each one, how many sales we're getting for each one, and what's the revenue that's coming across from each one. So that way we can have that objective view for my multi-passionate entrepreneurs <laughs> of, you know, this is the one that's really my bread and butter. It's making me the most money. Let me focus in, hone in, do less by just focusing on this one message, this one audience, and I will go from there. So, you know, are the brides the ones who are mostly coming to you or uh, the people who are wanting the makeup? So the brides, brides right now. And I think that that is because that is where I have marketed. I have 
done bridal shows and I have a lot of people referring. So a lot of my revenue is from brides because that's who I've been marketing to. So, you know, the power of marketing is there. Yes. Um, and when you do it, it's just a matter of, is that where I want to ultimately stay working quote unquote behind a chair? Or do I want to move more into the online marketing space where I'm not necessarily working out in the field as much, but I am still bringing in revenue. So mm, hence so the reason I started other like pieces of that so that eventually I could transition. Wow. So, okay. What's the, where do you want to, or where do you see yourself in the future? Because you did mention not wanting to be behind the chair. So I feel like there is a little bit of a, I'll, you know, eventually I want to go to a different area and not have to be behind the chair. Right. Eventually I do see myself doing more online marketing, online things, courses, classes, more selling my makeup, you know, that those kind of things versus in the field working behind the chair. Yes. I love working behind the chair, but I'm getting, you know, I not a young 20 year old anymore. So (laughs) standing on my feet for long periods of time doesn't sound fun in, you know, in the coming years, you know, I'm not talking next year, I'm talking, you know, probably four or five years from now, I would like to be set up to a point where I don't necessarily have to work behind the chair as much. Now, I'd like to have a team of people who still work for my company who will take that on, but not necessarily me personally going out there and doing it. So it's a matter of building that up as well. So I really love the fact that you have narrowed it down and you saw, okay, where I was marketing, what was really working and blowing up quickly was the bridal industry. And whenever I would go to conferences, when I was first starting out, I would always hear that phrase, the riches are in the niches. Very, mm-hmm. very famous quote in the marketing world. And in my first business as an educational consultant, I work with high school seniors specifically, but oh, cool! at first I was trying to market to everyone. I was marketing mm-hmm. to college kids, high school freshmen, graduate school kids, because I was just trying to reach for whoever's going to sign up for the service, whoever's going to give me the money. I did not want to miss out on the money, (laughs) but I quickly learned that I could just really do less if I had a system set up for high school seniors. I knew it was more important at that time, more urgency for them to do it. And I knew the messaging was there for them because I, you know, had worked with them. I knew those were the definite benefits to niching down for me. And that was to do less work. The freshman mm-hmm. applications, they were a lot harder to find. Senior ones were way more available. So I definitely saw that firsthand of trying to do it all, trying to, even within like one industry, you're trying to reach so many people that now you have to set up different processes for different subsets of people. Now you have mm-hmm. a process, you know, that I, well, I had a process I was setting up for grad school and for college kids and the different process for high school freshmen. And it seems like it would all be the same, but it's not because it's those not. are different audiences. They have different problems. They have different messaging. And it was also a different way I had to go about looking for scholarships for them and finding those applications. So I really learned, yeah, learned firsthand about the power of niching down, not just in business, but giving that free time so that you can call out so that you can block off your schedule, have some of those open days instead of spending that same amount of time, but having to do way more tasks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like 
getting to the point where I have processes in place is, has been another challenge is making sure I have the right process. You know, everybody, every class that you take and everything, everyone's got like their thing that they use and mm -hmm. this is what works and really figuring out which one is best for what I do and what I need it for. That has been definitely a learning experience. I, there has been much money spent that should not have been spent on things that I probably didn't even need. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a learning experience for sure. But niching down was something, like I said, that I struggled with in the photography side for a while until I niched down to what I found is that I loved doing portraits. Like I love doing in studio portraits and my clients get hair and makeup beforehand. So it was like all fit in with what I loved. And then I kind of, once I niched down to the portraits piece of it, I did senior pho photography because they got hair and makeup, like the things that where they got to do hair and makeup, that was my, that was my jam. And it still is like, that's what I love to do. And then take the pictures of that. So portrait photography is what I ended up niching down into. I started with all the, the family and the, this and the, that and the, all the things. And then I was like, Whoa, like you said, I mean, it's different people that you have to market to. Like even now with portraits and seniors, I have two separate Instagram pages. Mm -hmm for just photography. I, that's crazy. That's it crazy. Is. It is hard enough to keep up with one. Yeah, not including your beauty pages. Right. <laughs> beauty page. Right. Then I have the beauty page and I'm debating. I'm going back and forth in my head. This is something else. Do I start another one for just the cosmetics? Like, so I have beauty, which is mostly my hair and makeup clients and then do a separate one for cosmetics or just keep my cosmetics right on the same page as my beauty. Like these are things that consistently go on my mind. So if anyone out there is having that same issue, you're not alone. <laughs> so with, with that being said, in that problem, what do you think is the number one thing you need to do in order to niche down to solve that problem? Pray on it. <laughs> Quite honestly, I, there is just, I feel like I need to do more exploratory, um, posts, maybe on social media, um, figuring out who, who's there that I'm speaking to, what do they want to see? Um, you know, I think that asking those questions out there would help. I feel like, you know, I I've started an email marketing list, but I feel like the opt-in that I have for that is mainly geared towards brides. So I don't know if I need to do another opt-in, maybe gearing it more towards artists out there, more business to business stuff, things that they might be interested in. But I think before I do that, I would, I would definitely take a poll online and find out on the Facebook, Instagram, just to kind of see what people want to see from me. What do you, what do you really want to see? Because that will really tell me a lot. And then really start to help me niche down. I, I think that I, I need to be posting more. Obviously, that's always helpful. <laughs> as much as I say it, I'm old school and it's very hard for me to get in front of a camera, especially on social media. But I've started actually doing more content where I'm speaking not only to brides, but I'm also speaking to artists as far as like kit contents, you know, your makeup kit contents, things that I'm doing. So I'm trying to integrate so that I can gain more followers 
on the makeup artist side, hairstylist side, and then it'll give me a better understanding when I poll. You know, right now, if I poll, I think I'm going to get all my brides because that's who's following mm -hmm. me, <laughs> you know, so they're going to say, oh, tell us more about, you know, blah, 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 but it'll be more geared towards that rather than yes. towards makeup artists. So it, yeah. So a marketing system. A marketing to, is huge. Yeah. yeah. To try and see exactly what's working, what's not working. Mm -hmm. And to make sure that we are definitely doing less with by niching down because niching down definitely yes. helps us to do less instead of spreading ourselves thin. I mean, one mm -hmm. of my clients can definitely attest to that in the design space because it helped them with streamlining their services. At first, they were taking on everyone who responded doing hospital building designs, schools, office buildings, and the owner always needed to be involved since it was so custom. But mm -hmm. there is a flow, a process that can, and there's a benefit of doing that, something routinely. So you know what you're doing. You can do it by muscle mem memory. It takes less time, less energy, and you can create templates for it versus trying to figure out something new each time and having to recreate the wheel for every new client. So yes, yes, down, yes. <laughs> ditching down definitely helps us to do less. So yes, if someone wants to learn more about your services, what you do, where can they find you? Um, at Marla Austin Beauty on Instagram and Facebook or my website, which also has a blog attached to it, which is MarlaAustin.com. So Marla, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I really enjoyed having you on and having this conversation. Listeners, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review.